If you don't talk that, mm, don't talk to me. If you don't talk facts, then you must talk funny. Hit it off with your bra real raw like it's Monday, it must be. All the cash I make on the day to day, while she make a way to the concert, she bought up my Jake the Snake. The center rock get gone, I got place to make. I got the juice like moving through that make moves. This shit like pay per views, I pay dues. Bobby Money made that flame, I came through. Whole bars like there ain't no rules. Talk to me. up the top row, hey, big splash. So what's going on with all the Bobbies out there? Welcome to episode 23 of the Talk Is Money Pro Wrestling Podcast. It is I, it is I, the M-O-N-E-Y. Bobby Money, and today we have a returning guest to the show. He's your friend and mine. Please welcome back my best friend, the real deal, Tony Deal. What's going on, brother? How you doing? My knee hurts. I have a Nash syndrome right now. I sprained it last week. Doing what? <laughs> so I'm in pain. What happened? I, I'm working. Oh, oh sorry, sorry. Long story short, you can't, you shouldn't necessarily, yeah, you shouldn't necessarily push a pallet of water by yourself and expect to stop it on a dime. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> let's just put it, let's just put it, I'm having Kevin Nash syndrome right now. No, uh, well, you've, you've, no, you've been known to have because that. he's one of my favorite wrestlers, of course. Yeah, well, you've been known to have the Kevin Nash syndrome for quite some time, and, you know, we, we, we bag on him a lot, Shut but, it. you know. <laughs> but I'm glad Shut you're it. doing okay. I mean, you, at least you're not, uh, you're, you're not, do you have, are you, are you using your brace? I am. I'm glad to hear. It. I'm not wearing it right now, but I have to wear it when I go to work, which well, sucks. Well, well yeah, it I mean, horribly I'd rather, sucks. I'd rather you wear it at work and not get any worse, you know. So, but yeah, we we both know that you're the type of person that will sometimes overdo it and <laughs> end up paying for it in the long run. So I just hope that you know it doesn't get any worse. And I didn't know this was going to be a roast session of me. Let's <laughs> well, get to the be- actual show. Stop <laughs> roasting me. Well, that being said, let's get right into the show. So, um, as we, uh, we mentioned before we started the show, yeah. uh, <laughs> we mentioned that we're going to go over some uh, some backlash here. So, um, first things first, before we get into anything regarding backlash and you know wrestling in general, I want to mention to all our esteemed listeners out there, if you haven't done so already, please go and follow the podcast official Instagram account at Talk Is Money. All one word. And on Twitter, Talk Is Money Pod. You can also follow and subscribe on any of the following platforms. You can follow on SoundCloud, on Spotify, and we're also on Apple and Google Podcasts. So please subscribe now because I'm the money and I'm awesome. I came to play. There's a price to pay. Time for you to get down on your knees. So let's get right into it. So Backlash was this past Sunday. Um, now, before I give my you know my review on it, because I, I I got plenty to say about it. Uh, what did you think about the show overall? Um, I mean, where to start? I mean, obviously, you know, the entire build of Backlash was really against the greatest wrestling match of all time. Right. Um, I mean, we're going to go into that one obviously in like really really strong detail. Right. Um, but I mean, the rest of the card, I, I thoroughly enjoyed. I mean, I can't really say that there was anything that was like really out of place <laughs> to raw tag titles, but <laughs> they weren't even on the line. Um, they didn't defend the titles. They, w- they were supposed to defend the titles and they never got around to it because you were too busy fighting uh, ninjas while riding on ninjas. 
Yeah, we'll we'll talk more about that because I've got a few you know case things to talk about Akira Tozawa and why. But um, I thought you know the the Raw Women's title was eh. It was decent. It was like, a, not, it was whatever. I mean, it's it's just another case of Oscar beating Nia Jax. Has Nia Jax ever beat Oscar? Uh, I'm sh- yeah, I'm pretty sure that Nia's beat Oscar like on a Raw, but like on in big pay per view or big matches, uh, especially no. da- even back in NXT, they- I don't think she ever got the job done. No, because I mean Oscar was undefeated her entire time in NXT, right? Correct. Yeah, so that's why she never never got beat. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, but yeah, it it was whatever. I mean, if you're referring to that match pat- particularly. Uh, it was what it was. I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of the uh, double disqualification, especially because you shouldn't have something like that on a pay per view, especially for the women's no. title. But you know, what did you felt feel about that? Uh, I mean, I don't ever feel like double disqualifications are warranted unless, like, I mean, unless it leads to something bigger later on, mm-hmm. and seeing. The little bits that did happen on Raw, which obviously I know we'll talk about, um, it I, like it's a it's a done feud. Like Oscar needs to go on to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Nia Jax is, I mean, she I don't want to say she's unstable, but she's very uh, help me out. What's the word I want to use? Unsafe. She, she's unsafe. Yeah, she's very unsafe. I mean, she's un, she's not she can't. She can't get, really get it done in the ring for overall. I mean, there's nothing exciting about her when you see her in the ring. Yeah, she tries to play that monster heel kind of character, but she doesn't pull it off really well, and she's just unsafe in the ring. She's, you know, she's a hazard to the people she's in there with. You know, she has history of hurting people, even back, way back to uh, the infamous Becky Lynch punch. Uh, we, we, you know, even re- more recently, uh, she injured Kyrie Sane already twice, on you know, on, on different occasions, and then you know, yeah, yeah so it, it, it it's just an unfortunate, but uh, you know, I just feel she's one of those types of characters or just wrestlers in general that needs to kind of go back to the drawing board and not so much to revamp her character, but to kind of you know understand the basics and the foundation of how to keep. Uh, you know your 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 opponent's safe in the ring. I mean, that's first and foremost the most important thing. You got to keep each other safe. Right. I mean, like, did she ever hurt anybody in NXT? Not that I know of. Not nothing that serious. But I mean, I do know that she wasn't uh, very. Uh, she wasn't safe. You know, even way back then, she wasn't hurting anyone to the point where she, you know, they take them out of commission. But you know, she just w- would be clumsy and you know forget spots and things like that. She just, she's just. I, in my opinion. As much experience as she has in the last few years, she's been doing this. She still comes off a bit green in the ring, and and, and that's she just does. that. Yeah, and that's the problem. You know, she doesn't feel like she doesn't feel like she's advanced much since she, you know, she was, uh, you know, brought in as a character even back on NXT. Yeah. She hasn't advanced in her abilities. That's just where I feel. She hasn't gotten any better. No, and like the the whole gimmick of the you know big monster heel, like you were speaking of. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. Great in you know small doses, but I mean, she she's not exactly the most credible monster heel that they've had. Like when she first came up, sure, mm-hmm. like she was squashing jobbers, she was right. taking down some of the lower card acts from like the main roster and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as she got into a position where she could you know take on somebody that was really high up there, she was she wasn't. I don't know if it was booking or if it was. I mean, it had to be booking that she was booked to be weak. Right. A little bit of both. I'd say it was both the booking and just 
the fact that she wasn't really ready for that role. You know, I understand at the time she was probably looking for for someone of her stature. You know, some uh, you know a big that big monster heel in the women's division that they haven't really had before to to you know, take on that role. But she just wasn't ready for it. I mean, if 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 she had been wrestling for a while and really honed her craft down at NXT or just even in development. Then, then yeah, but it just you know that's that's the issue with a lot of wrestlers sometimes is they bring them up when they're not ready, and in her case, you know, I would say it's a little nepotism why she probably hasn't been demoted or even fired altogether for you know everything she's done, um, you know, due to being related to the Rock and all that. But it's just she's just not ready for this role, and the fact that they keep pushing this, extending this program with Asuka, who should, again, like you said, should be in a, a, a different feud. I mean, she had she didn't have a lot of fanfare going into the Money in the Bank match where she won it, and then she got granted the title by Becky, who had a, a bow out um, due to motherhood. But, I mean, you know, after that, you should you should keep things moving hot, you know, get her into a, a hot angle with, with a wrestler and, and just really revamp, vamp up that character that she is. You know, she's a face now, but she could still be a monster in the ring, you know, the, the technician that she is, and still be a great babyface. She's she's just a great wrestler overall. She's one of those people who could be a great heel and a great face, but out the gate, you know, Nia Jax being her first opponent for the championship isn't something I'm too fond of. I mean, I'm hoping this ends soon, uh, but they're probably going to have a third match, as they did have a, ma- a second match on Raw, um, and they're probably going to have another third match. I just hope they, they get that third match out of the way, give Asuka the win, and move on to something better. Anything but Charlotte Flair? Can we both agree on that? Well, you do know she, she's in line for the next shot, so it's kind of hard. Is she? You know, I mean, yeah. Asuka's never beat Charlotte, though. You're right. She has not, and you know that's on, honestly a, a, a good opportunity to, if you really want to build Oscar as that great champion. That I, from what I hear, Vince is high on her. Uh, you know, she's been doing great. She's been holding up her end of the, you know, her, her end as a wrestler on Raw since you know we entered this pandemic era of wrestling. She's been doing. She's been holding up her end. So I think you know for her to decisively beat Nia Jax and then have. Uh, another great match with Charlotte that should be on pay per view for the you know the next time they do wrestle, and then get that win decisively. Then you know then you can really add some real credibility because Charlotte can absorb the loss. You know that. I mean, she's going to continue to win more titles. She's going to keep going on the hot streak because she's been more overexposed than anyone on the roster, including Roman Reigns in his height. Um, so it's just she 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 can afford the loss, and Oscar needs. I feel, in my opinion. Needs this win as as as, as that top face on 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 uh, on Raw. Man, the only reason Charlotte's ever getting pushed is because she has medically enhanced boobies. That's it. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm sure that plays a part. I'm sure you know Vince loves his big booby blondes. I mean, I, I sure, but I mean, she didn't need it. She had yeah, great yeah. wrestling. She had a great like. I mean, she's not. A, how would you rate Charlotte as a worker? As a worker, like, would you? No, no, as a as a talker, not a worker. Oh, as a talker, I mean, she can talk. Obviously, she she's a way better talker as a heel than she is as a face. I think that she has a better understanding, a grasp of her character as a heel. But you know, because of the fact that she's been so you know uh, just overexposed on all brands, it's just I get tired of hearing her because it's, we're not hearing anything new. The biggest thing I feel in general with was uh, with heels. Uh, or just in general with wrestlers in this in this era of wrestling is that you don't get you don't get that authentic genuine uh voice that comes 
uh, from the person playing the character. A lot of times, you know, it does feel scripted. Even though it is scripted, it feels scripted when you hear it. Uh, and on top of that, you know, everyone's so busy, uh, you know, talking about their accolades. You know, like a Charlotte, we all know she's going to win. She's going to pass her dad's re- uh, record of 16 reigns. But, I mean, as much as we I understand they want to boast that, I mean, there has to be more more substance to her character, more things to talk about, keep make things more... Um, what, what's what I'm looking for? Make things more, like, personal, you know? Like, start yeah. feuds. You know, like, the last feud I think that Charlotte had that felt substantial was her feud with Becky Lynch, unfortunately. You know, ever since then, you haven't really seen anything where Charlotte has stood out in a storyline. You know, she's always going to stand out because she's one of the top, you know, wrestlers, women's wrestlers in WWE, period. But... You know, a lot of times with her and with the case with a lot of other people, is you're, you're too busy boasting their accolades and not, you know, just getting down and, and you know, having good uh, substantial feuds that, you know, mean something, that get you emotionally uh, attached. So as a talker, to go back to your question, she's she's good, but, you know, they, she could be doing better with what they're giving her. Yeah, I mean, you can only get over so many times saying bow down to your queen on three different shows. Exactly. You know, you're right. And it, mean, you're right. It, like in wooing and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, okay, you're Ric Flair's daughter. We got it. But I, I don't know. Like, like I, I definitely agree. Like, she, she definitely needs something a little bit more tangible, a little bit more personable, as you had said, to like really elevate her. Like, my here's a question: What happened? Why can't I remember her name? It is blowing my mind right now. Um, uh, uh, Shayna Baszler, what the hell happened to her? Oh, that's a good question. Well, um, I'm sure you you know after her uh, her WrestleMania match that she lost to Becky. Uh, from what I've heard and what I've read is that Vince essentially kind of soured on her. You know, he didn't see any real potential long term or fitting her into the current plans. Which it's it's kind of it kind of sucks because she had you know she had a good like you know uh, road to WrestleMania. You know. Uh, Going into that, you know, you she she was built strong. She had a great performance. Uh, I wouldn't say great. I'm sorry. Let me take the back. She had a she had a, a uh, outstanding performance as far as like just you know overwhelmingly defeating everyone. I wouldn't yeah. say it was the best match. It wasn't that great of a match, but you yeah. know they built her as this monster going into that match with Becky. And from what I understand, the reason why they probably didn't have a better match at Mania was because um, Becky at that time was already known to have been pregnant. So they had to kind of construct the match in a way that wouldn't hurt her too much. But I'm sure if Becky, you know, was, was good to go and, you know, what hadn't been pregnant at the time, they would have had a greater match. And, you know, maybe that could have put uh, uh, Shayna in a, a better uh, spotlight to go, you know, uh, going out, coming out of uh, WrestleMania, whether she lost or won. But, yeah, essentially that was pretty much it. You know, you know how it is with Vince. You know, once he sours on a character... Uh, his flavor of the month or flavor of the week, you know, he moves on quickly. Same as can be said for, you know, guys like Ricochet, Cedric Alexander, um, you know, just things happen, man. People, he gets sour. So for, with her, he just wasn't feeling it. So that's why we haven't seen her uh, lately. Now, when does she come back? That I don't know. And it sucks because they kind of need a character like her. At least the character she was portraying in NXT, not so much what she was becoming uh, on on Raw, you know, you kind of I want that old character she played because she did that well for for yeah. all for all her greenness, you know, uh, and not being in wrestling too that long. She 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 kind of figured out her her role and how to play that role and how to look uh, vicious in the ring. I'll give her that. Yeah. So I would say if they if they bring her back, 
I would I would uh, hopefully bring her back sooner than later to kind of interject her into a, a, a feud with Oscar because I think they can they can uh, do some magic. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, just her just her background with like mixed martial arts and stuff like that, and like you throw that with Oscar because Oscar is known to have you know strong style in her, obviously. Right. Um, yeah, they could definitely create some magic. Obviously, you know promos may not necessarily be the strong point of the feud. It would be the actions over words. Right. Because, I mean, Shayna, like, you give her a few things to say, she can get her point across. Mm-hmm. Asuka will scream into the mic yeah, and pretty much say that, like, you know, no one can beat Asuka, blah, and stuff like that, and then just dance around. I think that's probably the most entertaining thing about her since, like, she started jumping on commentary, too. Like, right. just her, you know constant yelling and her dancing and stuff like that that like that's what got a lot of people like you know what she like she can be you know tough in the ring she can get the work done and she can also be funny right entertaining overall that's what we won i mean she got over because she you know is entertaining and that's why vince got more high on her because he could depend on her to not only get it done in the ring but you know to entertain uh, whether she's on the mic, on commentary, whatever the case may be, she she's reliable. I think that's the best word for 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 Oscar. So I definitely Probably. think that you know uh, while we are getting a Oscar versus Charlotte feud for the title, um, I, I know I know, but I think Charlotte is going to take the loss. She's going she has to because there's no reason to put the title on her right now because then there's not much to do with it. We're just kind of back to square one, you know, the status quo. And uh, as much as like having Oscar isn't, I guess my first choice it's not a bad choice so i guess yeah. we'll, we'll leave it at that um now as far as other matches on the show go um you know with uh did you want to speak on uh let's see you know the triple threat tag team match for the women's title i don't know if you had any thoughts on bailey and sasha versus alexa and nikki versus the iconics any thoughts you want to speak on that i do like the fact like the like the ever so subtle and the small seeds that they keep planting about sasha and bailey eventually imploding Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we've seen it before, you know, with Bailey turning on Sasha and, you know, Sasha beating on Bailey and stuff like that. But, like, the seeds that they keep planting here with uh, Bailey being the annoying, you know, SmackDown women's champion and now, you know, one half of the women's tag team champions, it's like, it just gives it even more because she just comes off so smarmy and just so smug whenever she's on the, like on the mic. And then you got Sasha in the background. That's just like, yay, that's my best friend and stuff like that. And then every time that, you know, Sasha tries to get a word in edgewise, like Bailey kind of shuts her down or, you know, like they tag each other in and out, like when they're, you know, on a hype and stuff like that. Mm. It's, like I, I like the slow burn that they're doing with it. I do like the fact that the iconics have been brought back into the fold. Obviously, like they were gone for what months? Yeah, at least like six or seven months or so. Yeah. Yeah, like so. I'm very glad that they got brought back into the scene. Um, and obviously, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. I mean, Nikki Cross is starting to come out a little bit more of her shell. Right. Like when she, I think she, like it was a raw promo against the iconics where she like was talking about how, you know, uh, Lexi has kind of evened her out and, like, calmed her down and stuff like that. It, am I, like, I, I think I'm pretty close to that, right? No, absolutely, well, yeah. Least, I, I agree, yeah. Um, my question, and, I mean, we'll obviously, I'll get your thoughts on the match, too, but 
there's really only three women's tag teams right now. Mm-hmm. It's the Iconics, it's Bliss and Cross, and then Bailey and Sasha. Right. That's it. That's it right now. Those are the like, three. Yeah, those are the three teams across the board. Now, now we're just talking Raw and SmackDown because there are some tag teams on NXT, uh, which we'll get to in in a few moments uh, regarding that because they actually uh, Sasha and Bailey are actually going to NXT this week uh, mm-hmm. to I believe defend the titles against Shotzi Blackheart and um, Tegan Knox. So as far as Raw and SmackDown go, yes, those are the three main tag teams. There's no other ones that I can think of at the moment. I mean, they, they kind of gutted half of that division in terms of, like, women oh, for yeah. the main roster. So, I mean, there's rumors. Yeah, the fact that they don't really that, have. Uh, there's rumors that, uh, from what I've heard, is that, um, you know, if, if uh, Mandy Rose does end up turning heel, which we all expect to happen sooner than later, uh, that, you know, she's probably going to team back up with uh, Sonya Deville. They're going to probably run a. Uh, a storyline where you know they're 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 in love or whatever, and you know they they bring them back as a tag team and go after the the tag team championship. So that would be another great team that you can because they're they're both solid workers. I mean, I'll give them credit. You know, they they've made a lot of advances as as wrestlers and even as characters. You know, I think Sonya Deville is doing some of her best work she's ever done. And so while I'm not a, a, a totally for putting them back together after you know the the feud they've been having, um, I mean they do need tag teams, and I think that. If Manny does turn on on Otis, she's gonna become she's gonna get major heat, um, you know, or become a, a great heel again. So putting them back together as a tag team and going after titles, I'm not I'm not against it. So that would be a good fourth addition. Um, but yeah, as far as the match goes itself, um, I, I, it was it was okay. And like you said, I'm, I'm I do like the the slow burn and the seeds are planting with Sasha and Bailey because it's obvious they're gonna that Sasha is going to turn on Bailey at some point or, or whatever the case may be. She's going to separate and they're going to have to feud for the women's championship where Sasha will finally be the one to dethrone Bailey. And, you know, Bailey, to her credit as well, you know, while her character wasn't working for a long time, you know, when she first came onto the main roster, she's doing some of her best work as a character and in the ring. And she's kind of, I mean, I, I would say her, her character work is a little underrated, you know, because she does come off as smarmy. She does get under your skin, and, and that's the that's the, the signs of a great heel. She's doing her job. Yeah, I would definitely say so. Um, would you would you think Bailey turns on Sasha or Sasha turns on Bailey? Who turns out to be the face in the feud? That's a great question. And, and the fact that, like, I'm not 100% sure which route they, they, they're going is what keeps it intriguing, you know? Like, you don't know for sure who's going to turn on who. But either way, Bailey's going to remain the heel, and Sasha's going to be the, the face coming out of this, as she should be, uh, because there's no point in having Sasha turn on Bailey and then turn Bailey into some type of face. She she needs to continue with her with the road, you know, she's on right now and, and continue to work, get that character work as a heel. And so what I'm thinking is Bailey, you know, they're probably going to lose the title, and that's where the dissension's going to come to a, you know, uh, to a... To, to a blow, and, and you're going to have either... I, I think that Bailey's going to, you know, blow up on Sasha, and then we'll go from there. I don't think it's going to be a case where Sasha blows up on Bailey. Well, I, I would like to see that, because I would prefer to see that fire in Sasha, cause, because I just feel like she has been playing the lackey, and I know that's kind of the, the route they're going in, but it, it sucks, because Sasha is such a great character in general. Um, she knows how to speak on the mic. She knows how to, how to, how to portray their character. And she's a great wrestler. So, you know, they can go a lot of ways, different ways with this. But if you're asking me which route I would like them to see them go, I would like to see, you know, Sasha blow up on Bailey and, 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 be, and just, you know, come out and say, you know, I'm tired of this. Uh, you know, I want to stand out on my own. I, wanna, I want to be the champion I deserve to be, and I, and I want to take that title off of you. So I, I, I want to see it go that route. 
I mean, it's it's a weird dichotomy because Sasha plays a better heel than she does a face. Oh yeah, for like, sure. Like, hands I down. Agree. I don't. But now, like with the evolution of Bailey as a heel, she plays a very good heel as well. Mm-hmm. She could play the babyface card, like we've seen that through her entire career in NXT, mm-hmm. through the first couple years on the main roster. Right. But now that she's been able to evolve and actually, you know, grow into this heel character, it's a toss-up on who, like, would actually like turn heel, who would turn face, because. It would be it would be very awkward if you try to turn like you said turn Bailey face, not necessarily the hugger Bailey. Obviously, I don't think that would come back. But to have her go from this, you know, you know, life sucks, then you die. Like I'm your role model to, you know, fuck that girl over there. I'm gonna beat her at like you can't. It it would have to be. Like it would have to be Sasha turning face. Like if you like, I think you had said you agreed with that, right? Yeah, you, the, for sure. Yeah, there would be no no other alternative. You can't necessarily turn Sasha like heel and then expect Bailey after everything that she had said to turn face. Yeah, it just doesn't make that. sense. I mean, I I can feed W trying to go that route, but uh, just just for the outcome of you know where this this feud has been going and the fact that you want to see Sasha get her comeuppance because she's been playing the uh you know second fiddle yeah you want to see you want to see Sasha come, overcome this so to do that you got to have her emerge as as the face and and and, and you know overcome Bailey and and be in her shadow and finally win that take that t- title off of her that Bailey has essentially held for uh, a year now so i think it's it's time for for that to come to a head and i from what i've heard they've been holding off and doing the slow burn with them because of the fact they haven't had a crowd to be able to do the the match. And I know they want to save it for that, but most likely we're going to see it at SummerSlam, you know, because they want to save good matches for SummerSlam, whether it's in front of a crowd or not. Um, I think that's where it's going to come to a head. So, um, so we'll move on from there. I feel like we've taken, uh, spent a little too much time on there. Uh, do you have any thoughts on uh, Sheamus and Jeff Hardy's feud? Um, well, actually, I know you do, so I'll let you speak on that. Wait, I do have a thought on this. I would say so. I mean, you know, just the way they've been, you know, running the running the uh, the feud and you know the storyline with you know the whole the whole Sheamus setting up Jeff Hardy. I mean, we don't know for sure if it is Sheamus. They haven't really revealed that, but we're under the impression that it might be him. I've been hearing rumors that because of the fact that he was very specific about setting it with a red head with a red beard, the only other person that fixed that description. Is Sami Zayn, and there's rumors he's going to be coming back soon. So we don't know for sure what route they're going to go. Uh, but right, just but based off what we've seen so far and everything that's accumulated, uh, accumulated to uh, backlash. What do you think about the storyline and the match itself? Uh, I think the wrong person won. Yeah, as me. Okay, that's like fair. you talked. You talked about like like they talked. Uh, excuse me. They talked the whole you know redemption for Jeff Hardy coming back after all of his. You know, shortcomings, his demons. Let's not talk about, you know, bound for was it bound for glory or his victory road match against Victory Road with Sting, yes, correct. Yeah, let's not talk about that. And obviously WWE is not gonna acknowledge that. Nope. Um, but like you put all this time and all this promo into like all this, you know, you know, rah, let's cheer for Jeff Hardy, and then he loses. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't like I like Seamus. Like, don't get me wrong. I love, I love the Celtic Warrior, but he shouldn't have won, if you ask me, because, you know, you can't spend all that time building up Jeff Hardy and then just have him lose. 
No, of course not. I agree. I mean, I I, I agree that Jeff should have took the win, but from what I see it, they're just tr- trying to uh, stretch out this feud a little longer. If, if you do remember, Jeff did get the first win against Sheamus uh, not too long ago during the uh, IC title tournament where he rolled up Sheamus and got that first win. So this is technically one on one one and one. They're e- they're even right now. So they do uh, need a rubber match to get that. You know, and I think in the rubber match. Jeff is gonna get that win. So fifty fifty bugging. No, that's that's WWE for you. You know, we both know, know how things work with them. But in the long run, you know, they, I don't think they would do all of this only to have Jeff lose in the end and then have Sheamus move on to another feud. It doesn't make sense. And no. and all that all all that would do is kind of just, you know, it's almost like WWE's way of of uh, of punishing Jeff for you know all his. You know everything that that has happened to him. You know for his his uh, DWR or DUI that he had last year. So you know we don't know exactly what's gonna come of this, but right. I only hope that you know they do appreciate you know what he can bring to the table still, uh, and and his, uh, you know in this late in his career because he's kind of in the twilight of his career. He's not exactly in his prime anymore. But Jeff Hardy can still go, and I think that. I mean, me personally, I could even see him have one more world title uh, run if they build, continue to build him correctly and, and he stays out of trouble. I think I can see him get that one more uh, title run. So that's my thoughts on that. And do you have anything else to say before we move on to the next match? Uh, universal title or uh, WWE title when you talk about world title run? Oh, Universal, because he's on SmackDown. So unless he moves to uh, to Raw, uh, I, 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 I can see him... Winning that because I, I me my per, me personally I think that uh, Raw right now is 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 good with uh, with their characters in the you know in the top echelon of, of the world championship you know you got got you guys got uh, you got guys like Drew like Bobby Lashley you got Orton so guys like that I think they're good so uh, I don't think that Jeff would be able to I mean Jeff can can hold his own with that uh, crew of people but I just think that he would, uh, staying on SmackDown he's, he he could have a good run with the Universal Title. True. Uh, he probably wouldn't be Braun Strowman for it. He'd have oh, to no, beat somebody else. I don't see it happening anytime soon. I wouldn't see Jeff winning a title or having a title run until either at the end of the year or maybe next year. If again, yeah. like I say, if he stays uh, in the clear and he, you know, he's in the keep uh, keep him strong, um, I think so. Because you know, he's always gonna be over with the fans. That's the thing, bro. He's always gonna be over with the fans. So as long as you book him well and you put him in good storylines where you know he comes out strong from them. I could see him, you know, come be credible enough for a one, at least one last run. Yeah, uh, I mean, you're pretty, you're you're pretty much right about that. I could see that. I mean, if not if not Universal, I could see him with IC title. Maybe. Oh yeah. Well, the way they're, they're adding the prestige to that, and I hope that that continues. Uh, you know, now that AJ is a champion, I could even see that and and make it feel you know uh, credible. So. Um, I'd say, you know, that's that's a good good route for him to go as well. Even if he does have the IC title for a while, then he from there he can have a, a, a jump into the main event scene. And whether he wins the universal title or not, I think that it would make him it would still he, he would it would be a win win for us. True. Very true. Fair enough. So let's move on to uh uh the last two at least important matches in my opinion. Um well I guess we'll say three. Uh, I can we can speak on I don't know if you want to speak on quickly <laughs> for the Braun Strowman match with uh Miz and Morrison for the universe title. Anything to say about that? Uh interesting that they made it a two on one handicap match because anytime you do that with a tag team facing off against a singles champion, you automatically assume that there's going to be, you know, dissension, that the tag team is going to break up. Mm-hmm. And obviously we saw that with uh, Miz breaking up the pinfall with John Morrison. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you got, uh, like, they 
they've only been back together for a few months. Like right. it would be really, really wrong of them to just automatically break them right back up. So I think that was just, you know, instinct on Mrs. Bart. Like, I hope they don't try and play off of that and like make it more than it needs to be. So, uh, but I mean, overall, I mean, the match was, you know, the match was the match. Yeah. It, it was not really, holder. we both know it's a placeholder yeah. just for, because, you know, Bray's going to come back and, you know, he's going to come back for, you know, revenge on Braun. And as the Fiend, he's most likely going to dethrone Braun Strowman for the Universal title. So, yeah, this was just a placeholder. And, you know, to give credit to, to all men involved, they all gave, you know, they gave a, a good effort. You know, the match wasn't crap, but, it, like, it just was what it was because of the fact that the way they built it up and made them, you know, Miz and Morrison like the jokesters. I mean, that's kind of their character right now. So, it, it, I guess it's fitting. But, I mean... I guess they, they felt they, there was no one else really worthy for this spot right now. So, just again, it was just a match to have a match. So, I honestly don't have much to say about that um, in regards yeah. of that match. Anything else you want to uh, speak can move on? on? We can move on from moving that. Moving on. So, moving on to Now we can match. move on from that match, yeah. Yes, and now we can move on to something, to the yeah. the better parts of the show. My two favorite uh, matches of the yes. show. We'll start first with uh, Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship. And it was 13 minutes or so, but it was action-packed. And I'll be honest, it was it was a solid championship match. What, what say you? Strong, strong second to, like, like the second best match on that card. Right. Like, if it... If it didn't have to go against what was in the main event, I think it would have, you know, been the best match on the card. Agreed. I mean, you just got, you know, a a motivated destroyer in Bobby Lashley, mm-hmm. like just jumping off the gun and locking in that full Nelson right away, mm-hmm. setting the tone, like making your champion look vulnerable and just yeah. making him look like, you know, maybe Lashley has a chance. Maybe Lashley is going to take the title. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then. The part that still – I don't know if you can explain this to me. Why does Drew kick out at one in everything? I don't get it. <laughs> What's kind hey, of explain of this to me. Now? You know, it's kind of part of – it's, it's an old school thing. I don't know if you recall, you know, back in the 80s and – well, I wouldn't say so much the 90s, but back in the 80s, you know, you had your you, – and, and, and I don't know if you know this, but Drew McIntyre – is an old school type of guy, you know. You kind of see that in his character and how you know he portrays himself. But he's kind of an old school guy. But in the eighties, you know, you have guys like Hogan who would kick out of one uh, at certain match, at certain uh, moments of the match. Not so much when he would before he would hook up, but you know, uh, just even during certain moves, you know, you kick out of one because you wanna you want to portray that 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 character as someone who's strong that's not willing to stay down. So I I mean maybe you ha- you might have an issue with it, but. You know, in certain moves and certain uh, parts of the match, I think it looks it, it it comes off as keeping him strong because McIntyre is that big brooding, uh, you know, tall, uh, you know, powerhouse that you know that you know. And he, he did the same thing, you know, in the matches with with Brock or the match with Brock at Mania where he would kick out a one. It just shows like you know I'm not even gonna I'm not even willing to stay down for the full two count. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick out a one. So that's kind of where it comes from. It's just an old school thing that that wrestlers used to do back in the day. It's it's one of those little things that you you know went away with time. But uh, you know, as long as it's not overdone, and I, I see that McIntyre doesn't overdo it. As long as he doesn't overdo it, I like seeing it every once in a while, just to kind of show you. It's it's almost equ- equivalent to when you see a guy like Mark Henry or Big Show uh, kicking out a two with authority, where you're like launching the guy across the ring. So similar to that, you know, you want to you want to uh, remind. 
the fans and you know everyone watching you know that this guy is, is he's a, he's a strong dude who's not gonna take no shit you know even you know he wants to prove and it's kind of psychological too if you think about it for the opponent like a Bobby Lashley who will hit you with this big move and then you kick out of one of the move well then you know you kind of you kind of getting in his head playing mind games like hey you know like how is this not keeping you down you know even for even for a, like a two count so that's kind of where that comes from but you know I I, I digress. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like I love the fact that you know after you know a spear and like Bobby hitting him with like a high impact move kicks out of one. I'm not gonna lie. I giggled a little bit when I see that because I'm just like, ha! It sucks for you, Bobby. Yeah. You yeah. hit your damn best move, and he still kicked out at one. Exactly. Like yeah. you said, as long as it's not as long as it's not overdone, it can be you know, passable and, you know, I could see it having a lot more meaning to it. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, just don't overdo it. Right. Like with the Lesnar match, like, yeah, he, you know, hit one F five kicked out at one, mm-hmm. hit another F five kicked out at one. I think the third F five, he kicked out at two because right. it was finally starting to get to him. So right. that's good progression because it's like, you know, I'm still fresh. I'm still fresh. Okay. I'm a little hurt. Let me stay down for two. Um, but yeah, over, again, overall, I love the story that they told. Mm-hmm. I could have seen Bobby actually win this match. Right. Me too. Like, and I wouldn't have been upset about it. I mean, it would, you know, pretty much put a cap on, you know, and give him, uh, validity for, you know, coming back to WWE. I mean, when he came back, was it now like two years, three years now? Yeah, about about two, three years. Yeah, they saddled him with just horrible storylines after bad storylines. So, you know, this is the first time they've actually built him up to feel really credible for a world championship match, and that's that's saying a lot because nowhere down, you know, the, from when he returned, there was no point where I felt that he was ever gonna, you know, he was ever credible enough as far as the character goes to uh, vie for a world championship match. And like to keep saying over and over, MVP loves to say this is his first world championship opportunity in 13 years you know so uh it, it just goes to show like how far he's come and how much credibility having mvp by his side has given bobby lashley and, and you know um people forget that bobby lashley can really go i mean I'm, I'm a fan of his work when he really is motivated i, I actually love a lot of his work that he did down in impact where of course you know you had mvp down there as well so you kind of see a, a, a pattern here you know mvp does a lot of good you know mvp can kind of be like the paul Heyman to you know to Lashley like uh, he is with Lesnar you know so it, it, that's how I see it and it's working. A uh, little bit of trivia: Who did Bobby Lashley face 13 years ago for a title shot? It's a great question. Uh, I should know this. I mean, I, I I I probably I just haven't done my research. I'm gonna say I'm gonna shoot one here, and I'm sure you 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 know more than I do. Was it John Cena? So, who was the name again? That it was a John Cena. It was. Do you remember at what event? I'm surprised I got it right. I'm not going to get the event. I know it wasn't not like a, uh, I don't know. I know it wasn't a WrestleMania. I know it wasn't a SummerSlam. Nope. <sighs> was it just John Cena with like the Undertaker in the match as well? I, I tend to forget. Nope. It, it was a one-on-one match. Okay. Where what what was it at? It was at the Great American Bash. Mm. I forget what year, but. I believe, if I remember the venue correctly, it was either in San Jose or it was in Sacramento. Oh, okay. So it was out here. Because it was like one of the other highlights of the of that pay-per-view were uh, a Texas bull roll match between Orton and the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. 
Oh, I totally forgot about that. And the triple threat match for the world heavyweight title, which was Batista, Kane, and Great Kali when Kali was still champion. Oh, damn, that's how far back we're going. Yeah, that, I, I remember that era, yeah. And that was also the horrible pay-per-view where Hornswoggle won the Cruiserweight title. <laughs> oh, let's, let's not, let's not uh, bring that up. So, <laughs> I already brought it up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, yes, Bob Lashley's come a long way. You know, like, yeah. he, still, he still looks like a, like a powerhouse, too. I mean, he, he, you know, you, I see pictures side, to, side by side of what Lashley looked then versus what he looks now, and he, he still looks amazing. He doesn't change. Just like a John yeah. Cena, he, he, he's kept the, the massive look. And, and so I, I honestly think, you know, if they keep on this road, which I hope they do with Lashley and MVP, Lashley's got to win a world title at some point. To, he yeah, has give, to. At least give him that. At least give him one. He deserves it. I think that with this, the road he's going on, while maybe he's not 100% ready for it now, Keep on, keep him on this road. He definitely will get there, and I, you know maybe at some point he'll get that match that he wanted. The whole reason he came back to WWE was to face Brock Lesnar. I think that they build it right and you know bring in their MMA background into the fold, and with MVP at his side and then Paul Heyman at at, at Lesnar's side, they can build that up for maybe even a potential Mania match for next year if they really build it right. So right. that, that's just my opinion. I just came up that up, up the top of my head. But coming back to the match itself, I think it was a great match with Drew and, and, and Bobby Lashley. Like you said, I love the storytelling, uh, the ring psychology, everything. Um, the only part, of course, I was like, ooh, about was that moment where Lashley kind of dropped Drew on his head. I'm like, oh, please don't tell me he got injured. Now not the good, not the best time to injure Drew McIntyre. But he looks like he was okay after that. Other than yeah. that, match was great. Yeah, and obviously, you know, a little bit of the storyline carried over with Lana coming out, oh, yeah, yeah. interfering on behalf, mm-hmm. well, trying to in- interfere on behalf of her husband and stuff like that. And costing in the match, right? Yeah, and obviously we saw evolution of that heading into Raw, mm-hmm. uh, but let, let, let us get into the greatest wrestling match ever. <laughs> yes, let's get into it. I'll let you speak on that because I got some things I got to say about it. Uh, I guess first things first, what did you think of the match went about 45 yeah 44 minutes and 45 seconds it did go longer than their last man standing match but mm-hmm. i mean compared to that i think it was even though it, was, it probably was a little too long it definitely was a great match it wasn't the greatest match ever but it was a definitely an excellent match what what do you what did you what did you feel about this match i i was very very surprised at what they were able to accomplish in that match mm-hmm. obviously now knowing what we know now about uh edge tearing a tricep muscle and right. still being able to just get through that match mm-hmm. just shows that you know he has the mental physical continue and just complete the match and make it look like you know he was perfectly fine um right. Like, just like again, the ring psychology that they used. The only knock on this match that I could possibly think of was the constant, the use of other people's finishers, because that happened a few times, if I'm not correct. Am I correct about that? Yeah, you're correct. And the constant kicking out. Right. Like, that's the only real knock that I have on it. I mean, it, do, it doesn't necessarily, like, you know, discredit any of those finishers for those other people, mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily make it, you know, it doesn't doesn't put them in the best light, if that makes sense. Like, what's oh, your yeah. take? What's your take? All right. Well, I, I got a lot to say about it, so you know, I want to make sure you get you get all your, your, your thoughts about it, because I got a lot of goods and, and, and bads 
that I want to speak on. So is there anything else you want? To, oh, you oh, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll cover each other's goods and bads, dude. All right, fair enough. So as far as the match goes, we'll I co- definitely we'll think co- it, Let's go for it. Yeah, so as far as the match goes, it definitely was my match of the night. Uh, for many reasons, of, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. again, you know, you know, you're gonna you're gonna get something good when it comes to Randy Orton and Edge and Edge in his first singles match in nine years. I knew that he was gonna bring his A game. You know, this is what he's wanted. I mean, he didn't get it in front of thousands and thousands of people on the main stage, but you know, he he you know he's he's a wrestler's wrestler. He's a fan at heart. He was gonna deliver. So I knew we were gonna get a good match. They were saddled with his greatest match ever you know, tagline. And, you know, it, it sucked because if they didn't hype it that way, if they had tried to build it in a different way, all this would have been seen in a different light and it would have been judged a lot differently. And it still would have been called a great match. Not the greatest, but a great match. Um, but as far as, now after seeing the match and after everything that's went down in the match, and, and, and in hindsight, because I saw it a second time, in hindsight, understanding the psychology and everything that went in the match, I understand that the tagline of calling it the greatest match ever, it wasn't so much to hype it as being the greatest match ever, but it was kind of like, think of it more of a, as a concept. Because if you think about it, when you go into this match, there was a lot of elements of it that was very different from any other match in the card or just wrestling in general. And but So it was kind of in the middle of a... a uh, it was like a mixture of a regular match and a cinematic match because you saw a lot of different camera angles, um, and and then you know you have that that classy the classiness with the M- the old school MSG mic coming down, and you have the intro over, uh, from Howard Finkel, which was really classy. I love that because um, you know you that's what that just that alone makes it feel like a big match. Because anytime Howard Finkel's announcing a match, even though you know rest in peace to Howard Finkel, you know it's gonna it feel it already feels more important. And then right. if you notice too. The ref had the old school bow tie blue shirt, so there was obviously a concept to this match. And in my opinion, the calling it the greatest match ever was more of like an homage or an ode to old school wrestling, just rest, professional wrestling in general. Because if if you put all those elements and pieces of what you saw in the match, including what I just discussed, you know, you it kind of makes more sense. You know, you have. You know, uh, the homage to Eddie Guerrero with the three amigos, you have the pedigree in there, you have the rock bottom, and if you put all those pieces together, you think about the fact that, um, you know, the pedigree used by Orton because Triple H was his, you know, his mentor, and then, you know, you have the rock bottom because the rock was one of Triple H's biggest rivals back in the day, you know, so you, you see all these different elements in there, and you also see the camera shot from above, and that was one of my favorite shots. Uh, I really like that because there were moments when they had those shots that it brought you back to that Bret Hart and Owen Hart match at WrestleMania they had where you had that overhead camera shot that you don't see a lot on wrestling or wrestling matches. But again, again that was kind of placed in there to kind of play, pay homage to, to, to that match, to Bret and Owen. Um, because that, again, was one of the greatest, one of the great matches of WrestleMania with that, that Bret and Owen Hart match uh, that opened the show. So you get those little pieces in there, and, 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 and then, you get, of course, you get the piped-in uh, crowd reaction, which, of course, you know, they did mention it before the match um, that they were going to kind of add that, those elements in there. So you can kind of see that this was more of a concept, than, and it makes more sense why they would want to call it the greatest wrestling match. Not because it was expected to be the greatest match of all time, but just kind of... Again, just paying paying um paying tribute to just professional wrestling in general. Those are my thought. Those are my thoughts on on the idea of the match and how how I felt the match was pro- portrayed. Now, as far as like I guess what I didn't like about the match is one of the things you mentioned. I didn't like all the uh, 
all the kickouts, you know, I mean, we see a lot of it in NXT, you know, so, you know, in this day and age, it's more common. Doesn't mean I like it or was a fan of it. If you cut back on that a little bit, I would have been more happier. And and then also there were certain camera shots that I, would, I wasn't a big fan of, like when they first locked up and then you see a shot come up from under them. From that point, I was just like, God damn it. Are they going to try to go this route where it's going to feel like very like post-production? Like it didn't feel like a, a match match but that again because you add all those other elements in there it it it, it just played a part in in the whole the whole the whole idea of the match now that i've said all that you can speak on i guess anything that i've said um i the, you actually brought up something that i uh you know i completely forgot about was all the different camera angles that they brought in mm-hmm. like it, correct me if i'm wrong did they bring back the turnbuckle cam or the they, ring they, post they, cams? Actually, you can actually see, yeah, they did. You actually actually see a lot of uh, cameras actually on each turnbuckle. So they they they, they they had cameras everywhere. Yeah, I didn't like that just because that was it was a little much. Overkill for sure. I mean, like I get you know, uh, as you explained about you know giving it a, like not only just a regular wrestling like but a cinematic feel to it as well. Most great wrestling matches weren't necessarily cinematic to begin with. Right. So, I mean, you could have just, you could have given it its normal, you know, its normal fire and its normal, you know, camera angles and stuff like that. And it still would have came off fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I couldn't agree with you more about, you know, just the homages and, you know, like all the little, like, notice of, of details with the referee being in the old school outfit, mm-hmm. the MSG, you know, microphone and everything coming down with Howard Finkel yeah. and stuff like that. I thought that was a very, very great touch. I thought that was, you know, it may not necessarily, like for most people, it's not necessary, but they wanted to give it as much of an old school and a, like as much of a, you know, professional wrestling feel. Right. Than just a you know sports entertainment match. Correct. Necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, my question to you is: Did the right person win? That's a great question. Um, I think, and it's hard to say because we both know that um, Edge is you know even before we found out that he got injured, he was already on a limited schedule. Um, and while Randy Orton is kind of is as well, he's Randy is more. Uh, Full time than edges, and um, you know if if I were to choose a, a winner in this match, regardless of the injury, I would have wanted Edge to win. But I mean, everything you know. First of all, we got we, we finally got the punt kick back after God knows how many years. So it was yes. nice to see that because I felt the like after everything that was going on in that match, I I I didn't know for sure if he was gonna pull it out. But once he, we got to a certain point in the match where they were kicking out of everything and false finishes, and you have Edge kicking out of two. Uh, uh, RKOs, which in this day and age, no one really kicks out of the RKO. I was feeling okay. The only way he's gonna he's gonna cap this off and win this is if he uses the punt kick. If he doesn't use the punt kick, Edge has to win. But he busted out the punt kick, and it was nice to see it. And and, and I'll be honest, bro. Like I kind of got a little emotional after you know he hit the punt kick, and then you see him pin Edge, and just like you know, people don't really give credit to how Orton has portrayed his character since. Edge came back, and the way he's very been like methodical, and like he almost just played this like this this like weird 
he, he like he he must be hearing voices in his head, bro, because he kind of goes back and forth on being the sadistic guy, and then also like um you know being the friend, like realizing like this is still someone who I I care about, you know, like he 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 thinks in his warped mind that he's doing it for the better of Edge, and sometimes we wonder is that really what he's doing it for, or is it because he just he really just wants to bury Edge, he's jealous of Edge, so you know all the elements in the story storyline that's gone in the, in this feud. I appreciate it, you know. Like they gave it, they gave it a lot of, you know, a lot of Gaga, as Pat Patterson likes to say during this match. But honestly, like, I appreciate the way that Absolutely. Orton has. I appreciate the way Orton has portrayed his character, and at the end, how the way he was talking to Edge, and you see Edge laying there, and his eyes are open, and he's like, you, you know, he's out, and I got a little emotional, and I, not because you know. That's the, that's what wrestling is supposed to be at its best is bring these emotions out of you and I was just, I just felt for the character of Edge not so much Edge the man well I do care about Edge the man because he really got injured but as Edge the character you feel for the character like damn it man like he was trying so hard to to gut this win he kicked out of RKOs and and pedigrees and and all this stuff he he busted out a rock bottom and still at the very end. He couldn't get the win, but he, that's because Randy Orton busted out the pun kick. And you know that pun kick means the end. No one is kicked out of the pun kick ever. So, I mean, right. yeah, the storytelling in this match and just the, all the emotions I felt during it, that's, you know, I, I still have to give it a good grade because the the guy, Randy Orton, at the end of the day, Randy Orton, Edge, Adam Copeland, they put on the best match they possibly could, all things considered. Um, I'm, I'm going to touch on something that I've been thinking about after I put this into perspective. We look at the WrestleMania match. It took a concerto, which technically, if you look at it from a standpoint is a chair shot to the head Yeah, yeah. in a lot of ways. So technically that's a banned move. Correct. It took that to beat Randy Orton in a, you know, in a street fight Mm -hmm. in this match. Like you said, it took everything and still couldn't get Edge down, but it took a band move, the punt kick, mm-hmm. to, you know, take Edge down. Right. Now, could the could the announcers have, you know, hammed it up a little bit more? Yeah. yeah I mean, sure. like, I, they didn't necessarily, you know, put it over super, super large, but it wasn't as dry as, you know, Michael Cole after, you know, Otis wins money in the bag. It wasn't that dry. <laughs> And obviously, like we had talked about, that was in post-production. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's understandable. Yeah. But, you know, you know, <laughs> if you – if you, obviously, they knew it was going to happen. So they could have did a little bit of history saying, like, the last time the punt kick was hit was, you know, what, 20, 2011 or 2010 or whenever the hell the last punt, kick, about punt kick was. Years. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, so interesting enough – had Edge not had the torn tricep, I could see you know Edge being out until like either SummerSlam or Survivor Series. Right, and then they would have the win. Yeah, they would have their rubber match because you know WWE likes their fifty fifty booking. They do, and yeah, I could see Edge going over and like that being his last match mm-hmm. with the tricep injury. That's going to put him out even more. Right and even so, longer, probably until next mania. I mean, I think that he, he they probably have him ready for next mania. And you know, we all we all hope that you know, you know, God willing, that you know, everything kind of, I would say, 
normalizes enough where he they're able to have a WrestleMania and and, and with a crowd. I wouldn't say and with seventy thousand people, but you know a, a crowd of fans. So. Um, you yeah. know, maybe that might be the next time we bring him. He, he he comes back, and maybe they'll have the rubber match then. I don't know, but uh, we'll we'll wait and see. Cause yeah, if if he w- didn't get injured, I do see him winning the rubber match at like you said a SummerSlam or Survivor Series, putting an end to that feud. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't say necessarily that would be Edge really ending his career. I cause I honestly think if if he hadn't gone injured, he could have even had one more run with the world title. I mean, my opinion, you know. So I think that could have been something. They could have put in the cards for him, and, and I would have been okay with it, and I'm sure the fans would have been okay with it, just because they want to have him have this feel-good ending where Edge gets to end on his terms, whether it be, you know, he retires as champion like he did the first time around, technically. So, but again, on his terms where he's able to put on a great performance where he, uh, you know, he, he drops the title in a big match or something. So, but of course, that's out of the cards, so they might have to extend that a little more. Keep in mind, Edge is signed for three years, so... There's plenty of time for him to recover, and I know he's going to want to come back. I know that's not how he wants to end it because he, he wants to finish that feud correctly and, you know, be able to have a couple matches with some other guys on the on the roster before he calls it quits. Right. So, I mean, I, you know, the last world title match, again, like we were talking about um, with Jeff Hardy winning another world title, mm-hmm. it's definitely possible. It's definitely something that could be in the cards. It's mm-hmm. just, like you said, booking – storytelling like how do we get from point a to point b right um yeah i mean i'm now well now i mean i'm jumping ahead and i'm looking at raw obviously you know we had you know the episode or the it started off with edge christian comes i'm sorry not edge uh orton christian comes out defends his best friend you know he pretty much gets goaded into having a you know, non-sanctioned match because obviously we know that you know because of concussions and protocol and stuff like that, Christian's not cleared. He's not cleared to all. come back to a wrestling ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, gets goaded in. You know, Ric Flair makes a surprise appearance in the back. Right, comes back out there. Bell rings. Low blow. Punk kick. Mm-hmm. Are we good at? Are we like trying to get you know? Christian back into the fold, like into like one more wrestling match. Are we going to see Edge and Christian versus who would Randy Orton even team with in that situation? It's hard to say. Yeah. Triple H. (laughs) Probably not. I hope not. God, I hope not. I mean, I don't know exactly where they're going with that. I mean, maybe, uh, you know, they inserted Christian uh, into this because maybe they do want him to have, uh, you know, a a match with Orton. And because of the whole punt kick and putting him out of commission, maybe there's an opportunity for Christian to kind of get, you know, uh, get ring ready to actually have a proper match. Because I think, you know, I, from what I understand, you know, he's had concussion issues, but I don't think that they, I don't think it's a case where he's not medically cleared, but the fact that, they, you know, they just kind of let it be and he kind of quietly retired. Um, but that doesn't mean that he can't come back. You know, he, it's been a while. It's been, a, you know, quite some time since all that happened. And, you know, at this point, maybe he is, you know, you know, in head-wise and concussion-wise, he's okay to have one more match, you know, to kind of continue this feud for through you know for Edge and you know of course Orton will win that match and just kind of you know, cuz from what I see going out of coming out of this uh match with Edge is they're preparing Orton for you know to be a contender for Drew McIntyre and the way that they think they're going with Orton even though you know we're all tired of him being in in, in the world title scene the character that he's developed at this point it, it's red hot, and I think that it's it, it is uh, this character he is now is a good contender to go up against McIntyre. Not right away, 
Although WWE is going to try probably try to you know rush the rush the the feud, but I think that you know if, if they give Orton maybe one more uh, one more feud with somebody else uh, to kind of keep him strong and keep him credible, then I think that you know we can probably get a Drew McIntyre Orton match for the WWE Championship at, at SummerSlam or Survivor Series and make it feel like I want. It's something I want to see. So I think that's the route they're going in. And, you know, it was nice to see that hook with, you know, uh, on Raw. You know, Raw, this past Raw, you know, it, it was it was actually a pretty decent show. I was entertained, and I like how they they have threads throughout the show that keep you hooked throughout it from, you know, Orton and, and uh, Christian at the beginning and then, you know, having men book in the show. And then, you know, the threads with McIntyre, you know, you know the silliness with R-Truth. But, you know, just having those little threads that keep you invested throughout the whole show – I like things like that because that's what a wrestling show should be. It's, it's, it's at the end at, at the end of the day, it's a television show. It's supposed to keep you intrigued. It's just, it shouldn't just be match after match after match, then promo after match. You want to have threads in there to keep you hooked because the show should be thin around certain characters uh, and, and, and more than anyone, you know, top can, top wrestlers, top characters. So you know, the, the raw overall, I think with with. Probably the better show they've had, the best show they've had in a while. I don't know if the ratings gonna represent that, but I, I like the effort there. It sucks that you know from what you've heard, Paul Heyman has been taken out of creative and you know put Bruce on in charge of both shows now. So I don't know what's gonna happen going forward. But um, I still like the effort that was put put forth, and you know, it was just overall a good show. So uh, that basically those were my closing thoughts. Um, but before I before we go, I want to make sure that uh, to mention to our esteemed listeners out there, if you haven't done so already, go follow the podcast, the podcast. official Instagram account at Talk Is Money. Follow us on uh, all the following platforms on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. And uh, Tony, where can they follow you on all the things? Um, follow me on YouTube at Primal Crew. You can follow me on Instagram at Primal Crew YT. And also follow me on Twitter, same handle, Primal Crew YT. All right. So with that being said, everybody, his aim was Tony Deal. My name was Bobby Money. And this was Talk Is Money. Talk to me. If you don't talk facts, then you must talk funny. Hit it off with your bra real raw like it's Monday. It must be all the cash I make on the day to day. While she make a way to the concert, she bought up my Jake the Snake. The center rock get gone. I got place to make. I got the juice like moving through that make moves. It's shit like pay per views. I pay dues. Bobby Money made that flame. I came through whole bars like there ain't no rules. Talk to me. up the top row. Hey, big splash. Money, top 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 money, top